Mm, welcome beauty to the Root and Womb Collective podcast. This is your host Haley and I'm so honored that you are here to receive either another episode of the podcast or maybe this is your first time. Either way, welcome. I am so grateful that you are here. This is a really beautiful episode today with the lovely Demi Betts chart. And Demi is a birth doula, a childbirth educator, and a soon-to-be midwife. Demi guides women to an empowered birth and motherhood journey. And she believes that when a woman feels empowered during her pregnancy and during her birth, while also surrendering to what's to come, this can be one of the most transformative and beautiful times in a woman's life. So this is a really beautiful episode, especially for the woman who is entering into her preconceptive or pregnancy journey. And if you've been following me over on Instagram, you know that I've been sharing a little bit more openly that I myself have stepped into this preconceptive time which I see being anywhere between one to three years prior to desiring to get pregnant. And yeah, you know, I've been in the menstrual cycle healing space and the womb healing space here for a few years. And now my eyes are really opening and expanding into the birth and pregnancy and postpartum space. And I truly have so much to learn. And I know that this work is going to be a really deep piece of my own work and my own healing. And I really look forward to infusing more of that into Root and Womb Collective here in the future. I do have plans to study as a doula within the next year or so. And that's really exciting to me. And so to have Demi on the podcast was really informative and really opened my eyes to just a lot around birth and pregnancy and truly the power that comes through this time in a woman's life. And I've always known in my core, in my center, that as women, we have been lied to about pregnancy and birth, similar to how we've been lied to about the wisdom of menstruation and that we need to just suppress our menstrual cycles with hormonal birth control and that we as women are just hormonal and chaotic and our feminine energy is unpredictable. And similar to how there have been lies around our feminine body in relation to menstruation and our cycle and our womb, there is also so much so much fear around pregnancy and birth and I really just appreciated Demi coming on the podcast because she is a mother herself she has gone through birth she has gone through pregnancy and she also supports women in their own pregnancy and birth journeys as well so as I shared earlier she is a birth doula which means that she supports women emotionally through the birth process and the birth journey and doulas can oftentimes support women um, prior to their birth as well, and also in the postpartum period. 
And Demi is also studying to be a midwife, which is amazing. I think that is so cool. She has just such a wealth of knowledge on this sacred time within a woman's body. And so I'm really honored and excited to have her on the podcast for you to listen to and to receive from. And even if you aren't even really in the phase of your life where you are desiring to fall pregnant anytime soon, I think again, it's insightful and important that we begin to learn about these different initiatory journeys that we move through as women. So we shouldn't just be learning about birth and pregnancy when we become pregnant, right? I have, that's a strong, that's a strong sensation in my body is that we should be learning about these sacred transitions for years prior to us undergoing that threshold, that transition, that journey, right? So I encourage you to listen to this episode, no matter where you are on your journey. Maybe you're a mother and uh, you just want to hear maybe a different perspective than what the allopathic traditional uh, Western medicine perspective on pregnancy and birth is. So I believe that there's truly wisdom for everyone in this episode. And I'm also really excited to share a few things. So there's a few updates here around the collective and what's coming. And so Demi and I recorded this episode probably about uh, maybe two or three weeks ago. And probably two weeks before we recorded the episode, we had decided that I would be collaborating with her in her birth circle, which is a 12-week virtual educational circle for women who are moving through the preconception period, for women who are pregnant, or those who are even early postpartum. And Demi is also opening the birth circle to birth workers, so those who want to receive a lot of this knowledge and translate that into their own work with their clients. And so I will be uh, co-collaborating with Demi in this 12-week birth circle. And there are so many other amazing women who are connecting and collaborating in this space. I will be sitting in on a lot of these classes, but uh, some of the topics that are going to be shared within the birth circle are Ayurvedic nutrition, breastfeeding support, mind-body practices for labor and birth, and intentional movement practices for the first 40 days after birth. So those are just a few of the uh, different topics for the classes that will be shared through the birth circle. And I, myself, I'm going to be teaching two classes, which honestly, you guys, I am so excited about when I sat down to really map out the classes that I wanted to share within the birth circle. Both of these came through really clearly and really strongly. And so the first one I'm going to be teaching is going to be called Feminine Embodiment and Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum. Seriously, when I sat down, this one came through so strongly, so clearly, and I'm going to be teaching upon embodying the feminine energetics of trust and surrender and learning how to listen to our bodies and be in relationship to our bodies 
because a lot of that cultivation of listening and being in tune with our bodies gets to be translated into the pregnancy journey, into the birth journey. So speaking a lot about feminine energetics and embodiment, and we're going to be doing some different somatic exercises and practices to really create presence and embodiment within our pelvic bowl, within our womb. I'm also going to be speaking about birth as ceremony and how to open and close a sacred ceremony and allow your birth experience to really be imprinted with who you are and your desires. So this class is so, oh, it feels so juicy to me. I'm really excited to be teaching that one. And the second one I'm going to be teaching is very different, but equally as exciting. This one is going to be centered upon hormonal foundations. And so in this class, I'll be speaking about the different pillars that are essential for our hormonal balance, our hormonal health. So I'll be speaking about food and nutrition, movement for the female body, uh, different environmental factors that can influence or inhibit our hormonal health, such as toxins in our water, toxins in the bottles that we are using, our makeup products, beauty products, things such as that. Uh, Our relationships, our relationships to nature and to ourselves and those around us. And I'll be speaking about boundaries because boundaries are so essential for our hormonal health and well-being. So those are the two classes I'm teaching. I'm really excited. At the time of us recording the episode, I hadn't uh, narrowed down the classes that I was going to be teaching yet. So that's why in the episode, we don't really go into the classes I'll be teaching specifically. But at the end of the episode, you can hear Demi speak more about the birth circle. And I really encourage you guys to um, hear it from her. This is her offering. I am just uh, co-collaborating and going to be facilitating a couple of the classes but this is her offering. And if you are interested in joining, all of the information is going to be in the show notes for you. All right. And you can also reach out to me or Demi if you have any questions. The birth circle begins June 22nd and will run through September 7th. So basically it's just one, uh, one circle once a week. I believe that is a Wednesday. I need to double check, but I believe it's a Wednesday from 5.30 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And everything will be recorded. So if you aren't able to make all of the live classes, everything will be recorded for you. All right. So again, all the information for that will be in the show notes. And just two other really quick updates, and then we'll get into the show because this is a very, very long intro, and I want to make sure that uh, you really get to the juice of what this episode is all about. Um, My one-on-one mentorship, Embodied Feminine Healing, is still open, and if you are interested in learning more about that, you can find that in the show notes as well, and Embodied Feminine Healing is either a three- or a six-month private intimate mentorship program for the woman who is really seeking to heal and reconnect to her womb and her body and her cycle and her feminine essence. And it's so beautiful, you guys. I love my one-on-one work. So go and check all of that out again in the show notes or over on Instagram. I've been sharing a lot more about my one-on-one space over on my Instagram page. 
And then the last thing, which just going to like mention this, plant the seed in your head, is that behind the scenes, honestly, you guys, for probably the last three or four months, I have been really slowly and intentionally working on the Root and Womb Collective Foundations course. Now, that's not going to be the name. I'm keeping the name a secret for now until the launch period is a little bit closer. But this is a six-week course that is really going to be a sacred compilation of everything that really makes up the essence of Root and Womb Collective and the work that I offer and share within the world. And so I am planning on having that start at the end of June, which means that I'll probably begin to open enrollment up here um, in probably a few weeks. So I want you to keep your eye out for that. That is going to be very powerful and sacred. And if you have been wanting to plug into the collective, learn more about your womb and your sacred female anatomy, the seasons of your cycle, how to really care for your womb through holistic womb care, how to unravel and deepen into your feminine shadow and go deeper into the crevices, into the corners that are keeping you blocked from your inner light and your radiance, and to truly rise into your heart and your womb as your centers for orienting and living within this world, this course is for you, okay? So just going to plant the seed and when the time comes, I will share more. All right, my loves, this is definitely the longest intro that I've ever recorded, um, but I hope that that allows you to feel connected to everything that's happening in the collective and again, everything is in the show notes. So without further ado, here is the episode with Demi. Demi, I am so grateful to be sitting across from you and having this interview today. Thanks, Haley. I'm equally as grateful. You're an amazing soul, and I feel like when we initially connected, there was something special there. So I feel really honored to be here with you and be having this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, we connected about like two months ago now yeah. over on an Instagram live and it was just so fluid between the two of us. And I knew instantly after that conversation, I was like, I just, I want to know more about Demi. I want to know more about her story and what has really brought you onto this beautiful path that you are walking as a doula and as a midwife or a soon-to-be midwife. And so I would love for you to share with our listeners what has really been the initiatory moments that has brought you onto this path and the work that you are doing with women today. Mm, well, thank you so much for the sweet words. Um, such a great question. It's very thought-provoking. Um, something that I kind of was pondering upon coming onto this podcast was with you was sharing sort of more of the deeper reason that I got into birth work. Um, I think it stemmed back to some deep healing that I've been doing over the last four years, just around childhood trauma and some events that happened to me as a child. I felt my soul really being called to this higher level, this deeper healing. 
And just to kind of give a little backstory, I was um, pre-nursing for about two years. I had gotten all my nursing prerequisites done. I got into a few nursing schools and then I had my daughter, which I don't think was any coincidence. Granted, she was not planned, but I think that God had a deeper plan for my life. While I knew I always wanted to be a mom, I wasn't too uh, stoked on the timing given everything I thought I had going on for myself. <laughs> so I took a little break from the nursing path um, because I felt called to be at home with her um, just through those first few years. And I was so fortunate. My partner at the time really held that space for me and allowed me to be at home with her and be the mother that I had envisioned for myself. Um, with every intention on going back to nursing school and going down that route. After delivering my daughter with a midwife, actually in the hospital, I ended up having a wonderful experience with her. Um, no one was really doing home birth um, at the time. I was 21 years old. And so I have always had a more holistic approach, but I didn't even think about home birth. None of my friends were having babies. No one was doing home birth. But I fell in love with a group of midwives that were here in um, slow locally. And so I decided to go with them and do a hospital birth. And I had a wonderful birth. I did it all naturally, which was my goal and plan. <clears throat> the midwife that ended up delivering me was absolutely amazing. And so long story short, I soon as I was approaching nursing school again, I went back to school when my daughter was about a year and a half, two, and something just didn't feel right. There was something about becoming a nurse that felt so right, but also didn't, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I decided to take a step back, and after doing a lot of soul searching, um, I came to terms with, I think my soul's being called towards birth work. And immediately it was midwifery, um, becoming a midwife, but I felt scared. Midwifery school is so long and so time intensive. I had all the thoughts and doubts, right. And fears around how am I going to go to school with my daughter now being a single mom? Um, I just couldn't figure out how I was going to make it happen. And so I kind of went through this journey of just kind of being put through the ringer. Like my soul was really calling out for some deep healing. And, um, through that, I finally, I woke up one day and I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. There's something about birth work that I just can't escape. You know, it just keeps coming back to me and I couldn't help but feel like it was a part of my healing. So I decided to do it. I enrolled for, um, for midwifery school, um, through NMI and immediately got an apprenticeship with an amazing midwife who I absolutely love. I just feel so lucky to be working with her. Um, her name's Tanya Walker and she's with Nature's Way Midwifery. And I really just feel like I got one of the best teachers and mentors. And um, I'm about a year into my program. And um, when I started doing this work, it kind of came full circle for me. I really, I had this moment where I looked at birth work 
and I looked at these births and these moms and I saw the difference between a mom that was sort of on the same healing path and really surrendered to the quote unquote lessons that come with, you know, preconception, pregnancy, birth, uh, parenthood, mothering versus one that was really holding on to certain events in her past, right? Whether those be, you know, traumatic events or small events, ultimately just patterning, right? That we store in our body. And I got to see the difference between a woman that was kind of more repressing that stuff. And I saw how it halted the labor and birth process by not addressing the deeper wounds or patterns that maybe were in her and then for lack of better words, surrendering to them. And so I started bringing it full circle and I was thinking to myself one day, man, like the healing work really coincides with this whole like birthing and parenting process, right? Because it's just a massive um, healing opportunity ultimately. And it's a test of being able to surrender. And at the same time, I was reading this book by Dr. Um, Shafali, Dr. Shafali. Um, and it was The Awakened Family. And it really reiterated the healing that comes with being a parent. You know, you have this little being that's mirroring things back to you and triggering you like no other and bringing up your patterns. And so I started to put together that through working with women, not only could I help serve them in this journey of uh, looking at things that maybe don't serve them anymore and surrendering, but also helping me heal because they were my mirror without even knowing it. And for anyone listening, that's been a part of a birth. I think you can relate to this, that when you're working with a mom in such an intimate and vulnerable space, you can't help but emotionally connect. Your hearts are connected. You're, you're open and you're going through the same things the mom is going through. You're feeling what she's feeling. It's deep, deep stuff. And while it is very um, taxing sometimes to be on that ride, um, especially if, you know, in my case, doing, you know, four plus births a month, it's just so beautiful. It's such, it's an indescribable feeling. And I think that's where to bring this back full circle. My soul was just being called to this on a deep level. It was more than anything I could fathom, um, logically. It was just a soul calling that I had to listen to and, there's been no turning back. I would say everything has felt so natural to me. Um, it's come very organically. And I can say with full confidence, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And yeah, it's just a deep, it's a deep soul calling. That's my purpose. Thank you for sharing all of that. I love hearing how your experiences in life have really brought you onto your path and the work and the medicine that you're offering other people. And I feel like for really anyone that's in the healing space, what we move through and the significant events and challenges that have really shaped us ultimately become the experiences that we desire to guide other people through. 
And so it really seems to, to me, what I'm hearing from you is that your experience birthing your daughter and not even just the birth, the whole pregnancy, the pregnancy, the preconception, the postpartum, everything has really informed who you are as a woman. And so of course it's part of your soul work and your soul duty to then share and advocate for other women during that really vulnerable time of birth. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. I feel such on a deep level that mothering can either be the most empowering thing that we feel, or it can be the complete opposite. And I think it really comes just from witnessing so many families, a really big foundational piece of that is having support and a tribe. And so one of my missions right now is creating community and creating tribe for women and families, because I think we get into this space that, you know, for a lot of first time moms, they've never been through and they need someone to have their back and supporting them to advocate for themselves and their babies. And I think that knowledge is power. And so providing a lot of information and just educating moms on various topics that come with pregnancy, birth, uh, parenting, raising your baby, you know, all the way from making health decisions to, you know, just simple decisions. Um, I think it really allows moms to set the tone in a positive way when they have support around them and encourage them to find their intuition, you know, cause I think if there's one thing I've learned, there's no one way. I think everyone feels that a specific way is right for them and it's right for them. And so we need to support moms in knowing that, yes, she has that autonomy to make those decisions for herself and her baby. And even if it looks differently from what another mom is doing or what our mainstream culture is doing, that's okay. And so it's really an opportunity to allow moms to feel empowered. And again, it sets the tone of motherhood. I think when a mom feels empowered through the pregnancy and birth process, it really can do wonders by just allowing her to feel empowered. And there have been a few births that I have been a part of over the last several months that didn't go quite as the moms planned or expected. Now, granted birth, we never really know how it's going to turn out, right? Which I think is the beauty of it. I think it's, it's giving us exactly what we need, whether or not we can see it. And so having support in the postpartum phase from someone to mirror back to you that even though it didn't look exactly how you thought it was going to look, here are the empowering pieces from it, Mm -hmm. right? And yes, you still did an amazing job. You did everything you could do, right? You made choices for you and your baby. And so it's really just reflecting back to moms that just because things didn't turn out the way we thought they would in our heads does not mean it's bad. And so it's just showing her those pieces of herself that are so strong and amazing and allowing her to feel that empowerment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. 
And tying back to what you were sharing around the community and the village aspect of motherhood, that is something for me that has always felt so important. And I've told my partner this so many times. I'm like, I refuse to be a mom who just raises her children alone because that's not how we were physiologically designed to raise children. If we look back, even a few hundred years ago, women would raise their children in more of this tribe village type of fabric. And it supported mothers in learning from other mothers and also having support and guidance and also rest when need be. And so I love that that's a big part of your work, Demi, is that educational piece. And at the end of the podcast, we'll speak more about Demi's upcoming birth circle, which I'm going to be um, supporting her with. But I'd love to speak deeper about the empowerment piece and how we can go through the birthing process being empowered. What do you feel like are some of the kind of conditions or almost like prerequisite work? And I I say that in quotations because it sounds so like academic. Um, But what do you see being some of the things that mothers or soon to be mothers can begin to engage with and learn about to support themselves in having a really empowered birth? Yeah, I love that question. You know, it's a broad question. I think it is specific to each mom or soon to be mom, whether or not it's their first time. Um, But, you know, I think it starts with circling back to just a tribe in the community. It really starts with that. It's simple. Um, and I think that we've been so disconnected, um, as a culture to think that we have to do it all on our own, but it really like the simplest step to having an empowered pregnancy and birth is tribe and community. So whether that's getting involved with a local circle, whether that's meeting other moms that are in the same, um, season of life or walk of life, that alone can be really empowering because all the things that we feel sometimes alone in, we all of a sudden shift that to realizing that we actually aren't alone. There's a million, a million other women around the world going through the same exact thing we are. And if we're talking about early pregnancy, you know, that first trimester can be really tough. Even if we really wanted to get pregnant, there usually is a moment with every single woman that we struggle because we're feeling ill. Um, our hormones are shifting and we're just thinking like, oh my goodness, is, am I ever going to get out of this phase? And so connecting with other women in that season alone can be really empowering. And then throughout the rest of the pregnancy and into postpartum, right? So that's kind of the first thing I usually say to new moms when I talk to them is get involved with a mom's circle or even just meet a couple friends, you know, that you can connect with on a weekly basis. You guys can talk about what's coming up, what you're feeling, and then you don't feel alone. You realize you start to get out of your sort of little bubble and you start to realize like, okay, there's other women going through this too. So that's the first thing. 
the second part, which is equally as is as important, is having the right healthcare team. And so whatever that looks like for you, it's trying out different um, doctors, midwives, um, really just feeling like you can ask so many questions. You have the right to come in and out of care with different providers based on how you feel. If you're not feeling comfortable with a provider, change providers. You have every right to make that decision. This is your pregnancy, your body. You have the ability to say yes and no to different providers. Um, design your team, you know, whether or not that's a doula or a close friend that has maybe been through this, um, getting your partner on board. Um, those are all keys to having a really empowered uh, pregnancy and birth and postpartum as well. And again, that falls into the element of tribe, right? Like really putting people around you that are going to support you and support what you want. And so that's kind of a conversation you have to have with your birth team too, right? Is here's my boundaries. Here's what I'm wanting and making sure those people are on board with you and supporting what you want, even if that doesn't look like what they would expect, you know, cause at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anyone else wants. It's what you want. And usually the awesome thing about a doula is we're always trying to uh, mold to what the mom wants, you know? So we're always here to give her what she needs and make her birth experience exactly how she wants it to be. So that's the second thing. And um, as far as empowerment on other levels, I would just say it's getting that, um, just feeling safe enough to advocate for yourself and your baby is really a massive piece and feeling empowered at the end of the day. And again, that's who's behind your back, right? Who's got your back rather. That's going to allow you that safe container to fully be you and express yourself. So those are just briefly the three things that I usually say are the pillars to having an empowered pregnancy, birth, and postpartum phase. Thank you for sharing all those. Really, really helpful. And what I feel like I was feeling while you were sharing all that was that this empowerment piece, it can begin before the pregnancy journey. And it gets to because how empowered we feel around our ability to advocate for ourselves, to express our needs and our desires and our boundaries. Those are all skills and tools that we are able to build within ourselves before the pregnancy and birth journey. So Haley, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think it does begin far before the pregnancy, right? far before the conception. And I think it only allows you to just kind of move and flow a little bit more in the pregnancy and birth. If you can do a little bit more of that work prior in a perfect world, I would love for there to be like a preconception class where we learn these things (laughs) before we got pregnant, which I know you're working on behind the scenes and I cannot wait for that to launch. But that has always been like in an ideal world, 
And I get that sometimes that's not the case where we have to sometimes bring that stuff up in the pregnancy because we didn't get to work on it. And that was sort of my case. You know, I was young, I had my head in the clouds for the most part. I had a good head on my shoulders, but no one taught me boundaries. No one taught me how to speak up for myself. So I had to learn that in my pregnancy and massively in my postpartum phase and through my mothering journey. But yes, and I, in an ideal world, I'd love for there to be like a course where women can go and like, here's the things that you want to start embodying and learning, which is how to advocate for yourself, how to have boundaries, how to say yes or no, and have that sense of autonomy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, that is being worked on behind the scenes as you shared. That's, that's all I'm going to share about it as of now. Um, and I should have asked this question in the very beginning, but just for those who might not know the difference, because surprisingly, actually a lot of people don't know the difference between a doula and a midwife. If you could just, like I said, I should have asked this in the beginning, but if you could just elaborate on the differences between those two things, because there's massive differences and responsibilities between those two roles. Yeah, of course. It's funny before you even said it, I knew exactly what you were going to (laughs) say. Because yeah, surprisingly, when I got into my midwifery program, I was shocked at how many people didn't know the difference. I even had a couple reach out and say, well, we have a midwife. We don't like, we don't think we need a doula. And so I had to explain it to them. And so yeah, basically the difference, I'll start with a doula. A doula is there for emotional support to help you advocate physical support and to deliver you information. And so I could go in so deep on each of those topics, but I think they speak for themselves for the most part. The main thing with a doula is we do not help you, um, sorry, let me rephrase that. We do not make medical decisions. So we are not part of your quote unquote medical team. We are there to completely and 100% support you, whatever you want. We're like your best friends. Uh, we help bring the partner into the mix. We show him how he can support you as much or as little as he wants to be involved. And then we're kind of that middle person. So you can bring information back to the doula and the doula can say, here's some information on these topics. You know, here's some stuff you can research. We're there if you have a bad day and you just need someone to talk to. Um, We're there to celebrate the happy moments with you. And then in labor, we are there. I I picture doulas as like a big mama bear. Like we're just there to provide lots of nurturing and care to you and just give you a shoulder to cry on, as well as lots of physical support. So different uh, movements, positions, techniques to decrease pain. So that's a doula in a nutshell. And then a midwife primarily is your medical team. So a midwife is making all of the medical calls. So a midwife is there primarily to assist if there's an emergency. So I'm studying home home birth midwifery. So at home, a midwife would show up when you are closer to transition. And we are there primarily to deliver the baby and be there just in case there is an emergency that arises. So we are trained to 
uh, basically see any sort of complications that might arise and try to stop them or make necessary calls and decisions to keep mom and baby safe. So doula, again, is just there for the emotional, physical advocacy portion of it. And a midwife is there to actually care for you in a medical way and baby. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Even it wasn't even that long ago, even my partner didn't know the difference. And I was like, what? You don't know the difference between a doula and a midwife? What? And he's like, is doula the actual name? And I was like, yes, that is the name (laughs) of what a birth support person is called. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Doula. What is that? know this stuff like you've been so funny seven years (laughs) yeah I know that's so funny I feel like yeah it it can get so confused all these different names of people but I would have to say majority of men have that reaction they're like wait what what's a doula what's a midwife (laughs) so confusing um but I would have to say most of the midwives that I've worked with they maybe why it gets confused is because they are so attuned with the client, right? I mean, they too, like I am a doula and I'm a student midwife and the two cross often. And so I have to, if ever I'm in a hospital birth for a doula, like as their doula, I have to really like check myself like, wait, Demi, you're not, you don't need to put gloves on. You're not getting in there. You're just the doula. (laughs) So they do intertwine. And again, I think, um, especially if you are a really skilled midwife, you're emotionally attuned just as a doula would be. So you're there riding the waves with the mom the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I I can see why they get crossed, but yeah, a midwife is going to be the one who's, who's making sure everything goes smoothly ultimately. Yes. I feel like they really work in unison and in harmony together. Yes, definitely. Love. You mentioned transition Mm -hmm. and something that I would love to go deeper in with you on this episode is the different phases of birth. It's not just birth. Isn't just one thing. I mean, obviously it's, it's the release of the baby. However, there's different phases and uh, kind of chambers within the initiatory journey of birth. And those different transitions also connect to different brain waves and different altered states of consciousness. So I would love for you to share that because when you shared more about that on your Instagram, I was like, wow, this is so informative. And I think it really supports us in understanding the journey of birth. Yeah, absolutely. I find all the phases to be so fascinating because they each bring their own, um, what's the word, their own challenge, right? I think, um, especially as an early or as a first time mom, when that first, when we feel that first contraction, we get so excited, right? We're like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm going to have my baby soon. And while every birth goes completely to its own tune, I will give more generalized explanations, but I just want to preface that birth can go really quick and it can take like, sorry, labor rather can go really quick or it can take forever, like days. So everyone's 
journey is different. But yes, there are different phases of the labor process. And so usually we call it um, early labor when a mom is kind of contracting about anywhere from like 10 to 15 minutes apart. And this could last for several days. This isn't necessarily um, like go time. This could last a while. So we usually tell moms, don't get too excited. Just kind of act like nothing's happening so you don't get too worked up. And then we'll see how things kind of progress. So there's early labor. Um, and again, that's just kind of like the early phases. Your cervix is softening. Dilation maybe kind of is starting at that point. And up until the baby is delivered, it's all considered first stage. Mm -hmm. And then when your baby is delivered, that's considered second stage um, or stage two. That's when baby's delivered. And then third stage is when your placenta is delivered. And then fourth stage is your recovery process. So there's four stages. And I think a lot of times people get those stages maybe mixed up with just the whole labor process in itself. So within stage one, there's multiple different phases. There's early labor, there's active labor, there's transition, and then there's pushing. So again, early labor is kind of where you're having these kind of random sporadic contractions. Maybe you're only having one every hour. Um, and then you kind of move into active, which is usually when you're starting to dilate anywhere from six to eight centimeters. It can look a little bit different for each woman, but generally, again, that's usually when you're moving into active. And then transition is the phase where you are actually, you're feeling a lot. This is usually the stage where a mama that was so certain about doing a natural birth is saying, give me the drugs <laughs> because it really is the shift in, I believe that this is where our bodies kind of take over and our mind starts to go elsewhere, mm. right? That really primal state starts to kick in. And this is a stage where we want to be really mindful of our birthing team and who's around us. That's why we really want to make sure we pick people where we feel really comfortable because as we go into this more primal place, although we're not consciously um, thinking about the energy around us, our bodies are really sensitive. And so I've even seen to where new people come into the birthing space and it actually stops labor. So we've gotten pretty serious with mamas that it's really crucial to be intentional with who you invite into your labor space and really making sure you feel comfortable and safe. Because again, this is a space where our bodies are literally opening up. We are so vulnerable and so open and anything that makes us feel unsafe, for lack of better words, is going to stop and close that process. So especially in this transition phase, this is where things are gearing up. We're feeling an intense amount of just pressure and sensation. I don't even like to call it pain. I usually try to use the word sensation because even those small um, changes with the words, I think our brain really takes them differently than if we say pain. So I love to say the word sensation. 
because we're feeling a lot in this phase, right? Our baby is dropping down. It's navigating these turns. And I just want to say too, our babies are so smart and intentional. They know exactly what they're doing. I mean, they are literally making these rotations to come through your birthing canal. So our babies are so intelligent, right? And something I love to tell moms that are in this phase is just remember your body's working for you. You and your baby are working together. Your baby's not just kind of floating in there doing the thing. He or she knows exactly what they're doing. So that's transition. And this is where I find moms need a lot of extra support. This is where they fully surrender. There's usually a pretty intense emotional release. A lot of moms um, throw up. They empty their bowels. It is truly the body surrendering as well. And something I kind of find cool is um, through new research, and I may have a post uh, like this on my Instagram, but the sphincters that are near our bottom and in the throat are the same. And so when we see moms vomiting, it's an indication that their cervix is opening. Open throat, open cervix is what we like to say. And so usually, and not every mom vomits in this phase, but a lot of moms do. And so we always just encourage them, no, this is awesome. This is a great sign, right? You're really opening and this is where your body's really working for you. Um, in this phase, moms might feel hot and cold. They probably won't know what they want, or at least if you ask them a question, they're going to tell you they don't know because their brain is not thinking and working. They're completely primal in this uh, moment. And so this is where having a really intuitive birth partner comes into play mm -hmm. and just being able to kind of know the mama and know her preferences. I also want to say we're not mind readers. And so something that's really cool about this phase is a mama will tell you clearly if she doesn't want something, she might not be able to say yes or like yes to something, but she will tell you if something doesn't feel right. <laughs> and it's so amazing because I love when mamas are like, they scream at, you no, and it's like, good for you, girl. Like you tell me what feels good and what doesn't feel good. You know, this is your body. You're doing it right now. So yeah, transition is kind of where it's like game on. This is, you're going over the hump. And, um, you know, sometimes we see moms really kind of clenched up and get scared. This is where we see a lot of the fear, trauma, and patterns come up. Mm. And I've seen it halt and stop labor as well. Really to the point where moms can't get past that point because there's something she's holding on to. So with my clients, um, I usually try to, in my prenatal appointments, as I ask about, is there anything that you think might come up in your labor process that would be beneficial to talk about, to work through and heal? Because it will come up in this time, right? It's kind of a time, and I talk about this in one of my posts on Instagram. Our brain goes through different uh, brain waves when we are in labor. And so this is the time where we're in a delta brainwave. And so basically it's going to bring up any sort of repressed trauma or hurts or feelings that we have deep down there. And so sure we can work through it in that moment. Right. But it is always beneficial to kind of bring that stuff up to the surface prior. So that's kind of one of the areas I'm passionate about.
but without going too much on a tangent, um, that is transition in a nutshell. And then we have the pushing phase, which for a lot of mamas, this phase feels awesome. Mm. Um, a lot of times you're, you're still in that Delta brainwave. So you're in and out of consciousness. Almost we see some moms, um, like falling asleep between contractions, right? They're just, their body is so relaxed. It's so surrendered. A lot of times they're tired. So this is a perfect time to take a nap in between pushing their baby out. And at this point, your contractions are usually a minute apart, maybe two, maybe three. Typically it's about a minute or two apart. Granted, every mom is different. And so they're actually taking like that one minute nap and they, they fall asleep hard. I mean, some mamas are like snoring. They're so tired. So this is a cool thing to witness. Um, and then they wake up and they push again and then they go back into their sleep. Um, and so it's really cool. It's called like physiological birth. We're really just working with the brain. We're working with the body. We're allowing really just this mama to be in this primal state and birth her baby. And so really creating a space that's conducive for that is awesome to witness. And then pushing can last up to four hours. It really just depends on if this is her first baby, um, second, third, fourth. Usually the more babies you have, this phase gets quicker and quicker. However, some first time moms, you know, they could only push for 30 minutes and their baby's out. Some of them take four hours. So it totally just depends. This is a stage where a lot of mamas can get discouraged because with each push, you know, you're only moving that baby down a little bit. So it takes time. It takes time to get that baby moved all the way down and out. And then once baby's out, that's what we call fourth stage. Um, I'm sorry. That's what we call the second stage. And then third stage is when the placenta delivers, which naturally a placenta usually delivers anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour after birth. You'll see in the hospital, they do try to get that placenta out as soon as possible, which is usually right after birth, which I have my own opinions on that, <laughs> but we won't go too deep into it. It's mainly from um, a standpoint of they're trying to prevent like any extra bleeding or hemorrhaging. But from my research and what I've seen, it can actually cause a little bit more. Um, so anyway, naturally a placenta will be delivered within 20 minutes to an hour and a mama will just start to feel crampy. That's when we would coach a mom to then just give a little grunty push and her placenta usually comes out super easily. And then that would be third stage. And then fourth stage is where she's just recovering. She's bonding with baby. Um, ideally baby's skin to skin on the mom. Baby usually doesn't go straight for the breast because it's a little bit tired as well, but sometimes baby babies do. They start rooting around right away. Um, I think, again, every baby is different. We do try to get the mom and baby latched within that first hour is usually what we see benefiting the breastfeeding journey really well. Um, and then from there, it's just rest and recovery, right? It's on to the postpartum phase, which I am getting more and more passionate about postpartum because I'm starting to realize that it doesn't get as much love as pregnancy. A lot of these mamas are kind of just left to figure it out on their own, fun for themselves. And so I've increasingly got more and more passionate about serving mamas in that postpartum phase. 
and prepping them for that postpartum phase because it's so important. And I think looking at it from a physiological standpoint, the hormone drop after a mom gives birth is so significant but she needs so much love and support in this moment. And she's navigating breastfeeding a baby and caring for a baby while healing. It's just such a crazy time. And I feel like it just needs so much more love than it's getting. So yeah, with that being said, that kind of concludes the stages of labor and birth. And again, there's lots of variation in there. It can look different for everyone, but that's just kind of generally an overview of what goes with the labor and birth process. That was such a beautiful, informative explanation of those four unique phases. And I love how you broke down kind of the different phases within that first phase of, of labor, right? Like labor is just that first phase of birth, whereas I feel like a lot of people think that's pretty much the whole entire birth in and of itself, right? Just labor and then birth, but there's actually, yeah, the four unique phases. So that was really informative for me as well. So thank you for sharing all of that. And I equally am becoming very passionate about the postpartum phase because of how misinformed women are around that period of time. And I think that there's deeper cultural shifts that need to happen around our relationship with postpartum women and mothers and how companies and businesses treat their postpartum employees. And yeah, what really comes to my mind is like the postpartum phase, it isn't glamorous, right? Pregnancy still kind of has this this like sensuality to it almost, right? I don't know if that's the right word, but I think I know. I think you know yeah, what I know. I, I do. I, I agree. I think it yeah. does. Yeah. Whereas postpartum, it it doesn't. It doesn't have the sex appeal. And so there's this massive group of vulnerable people who are not informed, who are left out and are drastically seeking support and probably don't even necessarily know what they even need because if we don't live in a culture and a society with crones and other wise women who are there to show the way then we're just completely stripped of that orientation towards this phase of life so I feel like your work as a doula is also really centered upon like educational material around postpartum because in my experience, I think a lot of people are really, really well prepared for pregnancy and birth, right? We have our birth plan and all the things. And then postpartum is just kind of pushed to the side. Oh, we'll figure it out. When in reality, there's actually a lot of things that we can be doing in the postpartum phase that can really restore our bodies and our souls and help with the recalibration period after birth. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. I think that there are, you know, if we're going to like a mainstream doctor or OB, this isn't even a topic that gets brought up, right? We see our healthcare provider once at six weeks. There's no check-ins and it's just not intimate at all. Um, It's really easy to get lost in the emotions and the feels that being a new parent brings, you know, I just want to highlight too, it's 
it's a big transition for your partnership, for your romantic relationship. And so that alone, you're trying to navigate this new, what was, you know, a dyad, now a triad, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you don't even have time for yourself, you know? And so that's what I love about the midwifery care model is we're checking in with moms at 24 hours, three days, seven days, three weeks, six weeks, and then some. And so we are really pouring so much love and support into moms um, throughout their postpartum phase, you know, and really making sure they're having the breastfeeding support, making sure they're healing and resting, um, encouraging them to ask for help when help is needed. You know, just by having those more regular check-ins, it goes a long way. And something I want to say too about doula work is there is um, such thing as a birth doula and a postpartum doula. And, um, even I'm more a birth doula at the moment, and I still offer at least two postpartum appointments with my clients, but there is something to be said for whether you hire a birth doula and you maybe request, um, more visits postpartum, or you hire a postpartum doula, right? Because again, those are two very, um, they both deserve the same amount of love, you know? And so a lot of mamas are jumping at the gun to hire the birth doula, which is amazing. You know, they need that support, but then we forget about the postpartum phase. And so I just want to highlight that there is something specifically for that postpartum phase and it's the postpartum doula. She's coming over and she's making you food. She's maybe holding the baby while you shower, believe it or not. It is so hard to take a shower when you have a new baby and you feel like you're breastfeeding all the time. So she's making sure you have fluids, you know, she's uh, cleaning up your house, anything you need really. And again, a birth doula can fall into this as well. I just wanted to differentiate. There is such thing as a birth doula and a postpartum doula. Um, but something that I love to recommend just to kind of open up women's minds is um, it's the book called The First 40 Days. And you probably have heard of it, Haley. Maybe we can link it in here. But you know what? That's a great start. It has recipes, um, practical, um, just tips that we can use um, in that postpartum phase. And a lot of it, um, part of the circle that I have launched starting June 22nd, we are doing so many courses on postpartum preparation because there's so much that we can do in the pregnancy to prepare for the postpartum phase. And I really think that is key is being prepared for the postpartum phase. So having help lined up, preparing meals that are in your freezer, really creating an environment so you can stay in bed for three weeks. I know it sounds like a lot, but ideally, you know, we want you in bed at least the full week, the full first week. And then the second week we say in bed and around the bed. And then the third week is in bed and around the house. <laughs> so you're really just healing. And this might be TMI, but I doubt anyone will care <laughs> since we're talking about birth. But you have to think, okay, a placenta is pretty large. I would say it's about, you know, the diameter of a small pizza. So six to eight inches around. And that is the size of the wound in your uterus. That is what has to heal. So think about that. Like, think about all the work, 
and nourishment our body needs to heal that. And so when we frame it like that, I know we say that to dads after moms are tucked into their beds after birth, we say, just a reminder, she has a wound inside of her this large. And they're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, you're staying in bed. (laughs) So I think we just have to paint it as, you know, and I think it comes back to our culture. We're just so fast paced and go, go, go. Like you had mentioned, there needs to be some massive cultural shifts here. And I couldn't agree more with you. And I hope that it continues to shift um, and we can continue to educate women. Um, But really just allowing them to rest and heal is both beneficial for mom and baby. And something else I touch in in my upcoming um, circle, it's called the birth circle, is the importance of attachment. Um, So if anyone's familiar with attachment theory, We're going to go through one of our circles topics is attachment. And it's all about attachment in those newborn phases and also early parenting. And so one of those things that we can do to really assure that attachment is just allowing baby to be skin to skin with you, right? Like they have been inside of you for nine to 10 months. They want to hear your heartbeat. They want to smell you. They want to hear you. And it's equally as beneficial for mom because it's helping her breast milk supply come in by having her baby close to her skin. And therefore, when that breast milk supply comes in and baby's nursing, it's actually shrinking down the uterus back to size. So the body is so efficient and just so amazing. When you look at birth and the postpartum phase, you're like, whoa, mad respect for the female body. Like it is so intelligent. Like everything works together and has a purpose. And so that's just one small reason why we should rest when we have a baby. And it's, you know, I think a lot of it too, in the preconception phase, I love to talk about being comfortable with asking for help. Because I know a lot of women want to be, you know, I'm this way. I'm Miss Independent. I can do it all on my own. I don't need help. But this is the time for you to really ask for that help. You know, neighbors, friends, families. If you're involved in different organizations, this is a time to call on people. So that's all I'll say for postpartum. I'm just a little bit passionate. (laughs) As you should. Just a little. As you should be, because I'm sure just through your line of work, you've seen so many women underprepared and it really deserves to be just as important and have as much resources and support relayed that phase and period of life as the pregnancy and birth itself. So yeah, I feel like the postpartum postpartum phase also really takes a village. You can't. Absolutely navigating the postpartum phase alone. And so I know for a lot of modern women, and this ties into what you were just saying, but it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to receive. Mm. So used to giving and giving and helping others. And so the postpartum phase is really this beautiful phase where you really got to just surrender and receive support from your partner, from your family, from friends, from community, from your doulas, from your midwives, right? You deserve to be held during this phase. So there's the physical element of that, but then there's also the energetics behind it. And I think that's important for people to understand too, because receiving is an art form and it 
is I speak with my clients about this all the time, but it's a muscle within our bodies that we have to learn how to navigate and how to really become familiar with. It's a, it's a somatic texture that we hold within our nervous systems. So the postpartum phase is this beautiful invitation for us to really surrender and receive. Yes. So beautifully said. I love that. You have so much wisdom to share. I couldn't agree more. I think the receiving part's really hard for women. You know, as I was going through my healing journey, I was face to face with that. You know, everything I wanted deep down was to be able to receive this deep love, to receive this help, right? These acts of service, but there was something blocking me. And so I had to go like really deep and I'm like, whoa, okay. I think there's a sense of like self-worth tied up in that to where like as a child, I never really got to receive. And so in order to receive love from my parents, I had to do all these things in order to get that. So I started programming myself from a very young age that in order to be loved, I had to do. It had nothing to do with receiving, right? But then I couldn't even really receive the love they gave for me after I did X, Y, and Z because it was blocked. So I saw this show up, you know, even just over the last two years, this has been a big one for me, learning to receive and what that feels like. Like you said, it's a feeling, it's a somatic experience inside of the body. And I think this is a beautiful one. You gave me just an awesome idea. I'm going to write it down, but asking women, like, are you able to receive? And if not, let's work on that right mm -hmm. now, right? In this preconception phase, working with clients um, throughout their prenatals as a doula and as a midwife, that's a massive topic to work on with them is how can we recalibrate your nervous system to receive? Mm -hmm. So I love that. We can, we can touch on that in the birth circle. <laughs> yes. I love that. I would love that. Yes. And I would love for you to share more about the birth circle, which is your upcoming offering. So if you could just share what your inspiration was behind the birth circle, what your vision is and really who this beautiful offering is for. Mm, yes. This one makes me so excited. This is like the first, well, it's not the first, but it's like the first official thing that I've launched that I've felt just so proud of and I'm releasing it with just so much love and excitement, but yes, the birth circle is um, a 12 week virtual circle. It's called the birth circle. It is going to be every Wednesday um, for 12 consecutive weeks. It's starting on June 22nd. And this circle is for anyone in the preconception phase, the pregnancy expectant mamas, um, early postpartum, and I'm inviting birth workers into the circle. So anyone that has any interest in learning more about birth or is a doula or is thinking about becoming a doula, uh, yoga instructors, prenatal yoga instructors. I'm inviting um, them as well. And I'll share more um, why I'm opening up the circle to them. But yeah, this circle was birthed from this place of just wanting and seeing the need 
for an all-encompassing circle. This is literally a one-stop shop for preparation. You are going to learn childbirth ed down from the basics um, to things that I work with my clients with and in in their prenatal appointments. So positioning, movement, pain, um, how to decrease pain, um, coping mechanisms, meditations, how to connect with your baby while in the womb, how to connect with your baby on the outside, nourishment, how to nourish your body, um, and how to nourish your body postpartum and support breastfeeding. Um, I have four guest experts, you being one of them, and I'm having, um, a woman come on who is a complete guru in the nutrition space. So I'm super excited for that. She'll be teaching that circle, guiding that circle. Um, I have another one, another dear friend of mine um, named Lily. She'll be guiding us through connecting with the female body and a movement. So different techniques you can use during pregnancy and postpartum. And then I have another dear friend who will be guiding us through some breastfeeding tips and tricks. And I mean, she's got like all the tricks. I'm so excited. And then in addition to that, we will be going through um, lots of hormone education, which you will be guiding us through that one and helping me with. So I'm so excited for that circle. And that will just be basically with the help of you, Haley, we'll be kind of just going through how we can support the hormones throughout preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum, just kind of some basic, basic education, um, and lots of other fun tricks and tips, um, how we can, uh, really stabilize those hormones through nutrition as well. So there's a lot of different topics. Each week we'll focus on a different topic. And then inside the circle as well, I'll be opening up a group chat support where um, we can all chat throughout the 12 weeks. And this is really meant for bringing that support full circle. So allowing moms a space to connect with other moms, other birth workers and experts, getting feedback as things come up throughout the weeks. Um, and just feeling like they really have a community and space to lean on throughout the 12 weeks. And I'll be extending that offering beyond if other, if some mamas are feeling called to it. So yeah, I think ultimately the circle birth from a place of just wanting to provide an all-inclusive circle that was really just a one-stop shop to prepare people. And I don't think I mentioned, but yeah, lots of postpartum stuff in there as well. So tons of postpartum education and basically how to um, honor that space and different things we can do to really create the postpartum, postpartum phase. Beautiful. I feel like this is such a well-rounded offering, really bringing in the expertise and knowledge of so many beautiful practitioners and also offering a really supportive healing space for mothers. And that really ties into the community aspect that we have been speaking about throughout this entire podcast is how essential it is for mothers and new mothers and those who are beginning their pregnancy journey to have tribe and a village of other people who have walked this path before and who can show you the way, right? Your way is going to be so unique. 
to you and your path, but there is, there's like a little, there's a little way that you can follow. And there's a lot of different embodied wisdom and ancestral knowledge that can be passed through this kind of circle essence. So I love that. It's, it's educational and yet it's also very supportive and healing at the same time. So I'm really honored to be a part of this offering. When you shared your idea with me, I was just a full lined yes. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. And how can people sign up for this beautiful offering? Yeah, great question. Um, primarily through my Instagram account. So just simply DMing me, um, I'm offering women a free consult if they want to just hop on and I can give them a little bit more information. And, you know, I think part of this group is just really feeling like you feel safe and this is a support group for you. And so giving that women the opportunity to really feel out if this is their community and space to do that. So connecting with women, I'm really trying to make it an intimate circle. I want to feel connected with every single woman that joins. And, um, I really want to make a circle that feels super safe. And like you said, healing and informational. So if you're interested, you can just reach out to me through my Instagram. And then from there, I can kind of guide you through the rest of the signup process. Perfect. We will put all of that information in the show notes for our listeners to easily access and join if they are feeling called to that space. Um, I just want to thank you so much, Demi, for sharing your wisdom and your expertise. And I am just so honored to know you and to have had you on the podcast and just your energy. You would be the exact woman who I would want to be at my birth as either a doula or midwife. You are just full of grounded positive energy and so I know that you are really impacting so many women's lives through your medicine so thank you so much for that mm, thank you so much for those kind words I'm receiving them soaking them in oh it was such a pleasure to be here with you and I feel like our conversation was just so amazing as always and it's always an honor to speak with you thank you so much for having me All right, lovely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Root Moon Collective podcast. It means the absolute world when you leave a rating or rate the show. So if you found value in today's conversation, please share the message, share the medicine with your community. If you want to plug into all of the magic happening in the collective, feel free to join me on Instagram at Root and Womb Co. And you can check out all of our offerings over at the website, rootandwombcollective.com. I will see you next time.